Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Experienced staff at local branches and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime, and this is your AEW Blood and Guts Predictions. I'm so excited about this show. I've been excited about this show for a year now, almost over a year now, probably. Always thought it would be the inner circle versus the elite. Somehow, everything's changed in a year. The elite are now heels. And the inner circle are now baby faces? Kind of hard to believe, but that is so. Um, been reading Reddit way too much. Love the storylines. Not predictions, but storylines that people are coming up with. Some of them are wacky and crazy, and I don't know that any promotion would do. Others I enjoyed, and still others have made me think. And so as I sit here on this Sunday night recording um, this prediction show about Blood and Guts, it did make me think, if I pick this person, what could be the storyline coming out of it or going forward. And so I am going to give you a little bit of that. I usually do in episodes, um, not planning on taking it too far. And when I predict the main event and last match, it will lead to another episode. So let's get started with AEW Blood and Guts this Wednesday, May 5th, on TNT, free. This is not a pay-per-view. This is not something you're going to drop $60 on. However you normally watch AEW, this is going to be your show Wednesday night. Had heard a lot, probably... I don't know, two, three weeks ago, that the actual Blood and Guts match was going to be the only match of the show. And 
definitely was reading Twitter, Reddit, different people on the internet, try to figure out how AEW was going to feel two hours with one match. Were they going to do skits? Were they going to do promos? Were they going to do video packages? What were they going to do after? And again, some of the things that people came up with were entertaining to say the least. AEW saw this outcry and made an announcement. Oh, no, no, no. There's going to be five matches on this particular show. Now, please pray and thank God that we are not, hopefully, getting... Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring speaking to Sting for the hundredth time or Christian Cage for the fiftieth time. I just hope they don't get any bright ideas and put them both together with Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring because that would be torture. Um, Watching whoever wants to interrupt, interrupt. But They're going to have four matches that will already be taped. The live audience in Daly's Place in Jacksonville will see the four tape matches on the screen. The only live match on Wednesday night will be the ones that the audience does participate in, and it will be the actual blood and guts match. So the four taped matches. Anyone that has speculated or knows who won those matches, I have basically stayed away from. When anybody starts talking to me about it, I I try to stop them. I do not want to know who wins these matches. I want to be surprised by whatever happens. I know it will start leaking tomorrow, and it will be extremely hard to not see it. That's the reason why I'm doing the prediction show tonight. And I can honestly tell you, I have no idea who has won the four tape matches. Um, But we do know the matches that are going to happen. So let's talk about them. First of all, we knew Dr. Britt Baker will be with Rebel or Reba whatever Brit's calling her this week, to face a mystery opponent. And I think I have heard everyone. I really do. I think everyone has mentioned any free agent, and I'm here to tell you right now, I have seen so many posts. Dr. Britt Baker will be taking one Peyton Royce. 
Well, number one, her name is Cassie Lee now. And I've seen we'll be taking one Mickey James. She does not own the Mickey James name, so she will be going by a different name. Neither one of them can show up anywhere until July 14th. Any of the WWE superstars that were released or fired, whichever terminology you would like to use, on Black Thursday, April the 15th, cannot show up anywhere until July 14th. So no, Wednesday night you will not see Britt Baker take on Peyton Royce or Mickey James. I've seen Thea Trinidad. Uh, don't think so. Britt Baker's whole storyline throughout has been getting to be the number one contender by hook or crook in order to take Shadia's belt away from her. She's been going on Elevation, she's been going on Dark, she's been going on Dynamite, beating up whoever in order to get her wins up. Since Tony Khan told her that was the way that she would need to rise in the rankings. So, having Thea Trinidad, formerly known as Zelina Vega in WWE, come out for her debut match as a babyface, because she's going up against Hill Britt Baker, doesn't make any sense to me. Because... When you introduce a new superstar, unless you have a storyline reason, you usually want to debut them with a win. And I don't know that they want to derail Britt Baker at this time with a loss. Now, would Britt Baker agree to do it? Yes. She'll... she'll she is very thankful for AEW. She's extremely happy there. And yes, if they gave her a decent reason to drop her winning streak to whoever, she would do it in a heartbeat. But there's no reason. Why introduce Thea Trinidad that way? If... Thea Trinidad signs with AEW. She will debut at Double or Nothing. Or the week before, because she has a match at Double or Nothing. I don't think Thea Trinidad is signing with AEW, though. I really don't. I think she thinks she is worth way more money than what AEW thinks. I think she's not worth as much money as some of you think. Because she didn't do a lot in WWE. Now, if you want to talk about her 
time on the Indies or in Mexico, we can talk that. But if you're strictly coming at Zelina Vega WWE, no, no. Um, definitely not worth the money she thinks she is. I have seen some of you say Tessa Blanchard. Guys, it's not going to be Tessa Blanchard. They are not going to debut Tessa Blanchard in a match where she just walks out, does her entrance, and again, beats Britt Breaker. Tessa Blanchard, right now, if you haven't seen her, you haven't been following her, you haven't been listening to her, I encourage you over the next, I would say, three weeks to get up to speed. She has been doing CrossFit. She has been working out like crazy. She literally probably could break Britt Baker in half. She is jacked. Um, we're not talking six-pack. We're talking like eight-pack. Again, I don't see her being a baby face. She can be a smarmy baby face, maybe. But Tessa Blanchard, like Sasha Banks, is an ultimate heel. Now, she's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And I guess if she got real with her character and became the person that she is, then yes, she could be a babyface. Sarcastic, smarmy babyface. But I think if and when she comes to AEW, because I'm not confirming or denying that she is coming to AEW, um, she will come as a heel probably. So I know you're sitting there thinking, Sam, get to the point. I have listened to you ramble about how everyone is not going to be the opponent for Britt Baker. So who is? Who do I want it to be? I personally want this to be a super card. And I want to see her take on Serena Deeb freshly back from surgery and rehab. She is the NWA champion, and I would love for her to walk out and say, all you've been doing is running your mouth about Thunder Rosa, who is part of the NWA, which I am champion of, and Shadia, and I'm about tired of it. And they have a match. She is a baby face, and it would be perfect. My second want that I want to see would be if Thunder Rosa attacked her or ran out during one of her matches and they started in on each other again. I would love to see Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, too. 
because number one was so good. Who do I think it will be? I think she will either take on um, Red Velvet or we see a returning Big Swole. I will not be surprised if it is one of those two. And they will take a loss to her. Um, my bet, because I haven't heard anyone definitely say that Big Swole is ready. I've heard rumors that she is, but no confirmation. I think it will be Red Velvet. So, I think a dark horse person that possibly is a long shot, again, it would be heel on heel, would be Jade Cargill. And I would love that. Then you've got a four tag team match. The winner of which will get a tag team title shot on May 12th, which is the following Wednesday. And you have SCU versus Jurassic Express versus Varsity Blondes versus The Claim. So wish that Top Flight was ready to go. Would love to see Darius and Dante in this, win this, and take on the Bucks. Their matches are great. And especially now with the Bucks being heels, I think they would be unbelievable. But, however, can't always have what you want. Top Flight is not going to be there. I think we can rule out the Varsity Blondes. I think they will be the ones that get pinned. I can't see the claim winning and taking on the Bucks again, heel versus heel. And the claimed would be getting beat down by not only the Bucks, but Omega and the Good Brothers. So I think that leaves two good guy teams. Many people in the know have been speculating that Jurassic Express needs to go its own way. That they are definitely wanting to push Jungle Boy. Tony Khan buying the song for him was an indicator of that. Him being in some singles matches already, indicator of that. They want Luchasaurus completely healthy, and they would love to create kind of a big man's division. Not officially, but, I mean, look at it. You would have Luchasaurus, Wardlow, Jake Hager, Lance Archer, Brian Cage. Um, I thought there was one more. Oh, um, Will Hobbs from Team Taz. And them all kind of do storylines. SCU 
has said the next time they lose, it's over. That they want to get serious about tag team wrestling. They want to make an impression. But they don't want to overstay their welcome. These guys have been unbelievable. Whether they've been singles or whether they've been a tag team. I don't want them to lose. There's a part of me that just wishes they could have the belts one more time. And I know some of you are saying, Sam, they were the first tag team champions. Yes, they were. I was in the crowd and I was chanting SCU. However, it was Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Scry. Remember, Christopher Daniels had been hurt. I would like to see the original SCU, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, win the belts one more time. I don't think on this supercard they will be able to go out the way they should for everything they've done over the years. I don't think they lose because I think AEW and Tony Khan respect them too much to have them lose at a super card night where everyone will be talking about other things and they will not get the proper respect. So I think we may see the start of the split of Jurassic Express and we see SCU win, pinning the Varsity Blondes. And then we see SCU go up against the Bucks, who they have been friends with, and are against their heel turn. And I think that becomes a very interesting storyline and a very interesting match. And a match that I definitely would be looking forward to. So I'm picking SCU. You've got Cody Rhodes taking on QT Marshall. I heard this, you know, a couple weeks ago that, that this was going to happen. I think we all knew it was going to happen. Just not win. And I guess I, somewhere in the back of my mind, just said, that'll be a double or nothing match. Not realizing the blood and guts was going to take place before uh, double or nothing. I think this is going to be an unbelievable match. As far as I know, there's nothing wrong with these two men privately. They do not have a beef together. They are still great friends. However, 
QT has been playing an awesome heel. Cody knows his standing in AEW. He's not stupid. So, it comes down to who wins here and who wins at double or nothing. I think the one factor that comes into play is Cody and Brandy's baby. Cody has not mentioned it publicly that anywhere that I've seen. But he does want to take some time off to bond with his baby. And I think Brandy would enjoy having him home, enjoy having him help. I think Wednesday night, we see factions come into play. I think we see the factory come into play. I think they mess with Arn Anderson and I would not be surprised if they hurt Iron Anderson in some way. Whether it is Nick putting him into the steps, powerbombing him, it's a go-go hitting him, it's uh, Aaron Solo coming off you know, the ring apron and doing a move on him. I don't know. But I do think we see Iron Anderson taken out. I think this distracts Cody, and QT knows it. He knows him like the back of his hand, and I think QT makes him pay for it. I think QT Marshall will win this match. Will the factory get involved, though, with Cody? I can see a distraction and a go-go hitting Cody so hard that he hurts his shoulder again, breaks his ribs, whatever. Which will lead to Cody trying some stipulation or gimmick match at double or nothing, to keep the factory from getting involved. I think then, at double or nothing, we see Cody win. But the factory getting involved after the fact, and a go-go and QT putting Cody out leaving him with a reason slash excuse to go be with his newborn baby and his wife 
Could you flip that? Could Cody win on Wednesday night with QT taking it at double or nothing? Sure. I just don't think it goes that way, though. I think QT really does make this happen. Then, of course, we've got Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. This should not even be a match. Kingston and Mox should kill them. Michael Nakazawa is in this match to take the pin because Moxley and Kingston are going to win. I think Kenny Omega plays the chicken heel. Does not want to get involved any time that Moxley and Kingston are in the ring. I think Don Callis tries to interfere, and they put some kind of hurting on him. But I do think either the Bucks or the Good Brothers come out. I think they do cause a disturbance, but I think Moxley and Kingston get the pin, like I said, on Nakazawa, leaving Kenny Omega to say, you didn't pin me. You can't pin me. And kind of letting Nakazawa fend for himself as the elite leave. You may want Omega to win. Um, I don't. I want Kingston and Moxley really to sh- make him shut his mouth. Then we come to the blood and guts match. So many times I've seen AEW stealing NXT's idea. This is just war games and they're going to cut themselves and have blood. Okay, if that's how you want to see it, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. The inventor, the creator, the designer, the content developer of NXT War Games was Dusty Rhodes. Both of his sons at the time were in WWE. If you don't think if Dusty was still alive that he would be part of AEW by now, you do not know how much he loves his sons. If there was any way possible that Dusty would have known that Dustin and Cody would branch off and be a part of a completely different company, Dusty would have saved that idea for them. Cody and Dustin have tried to get war games from WWE. It's my understanding they've offered money. They've attempted to trademark it. They've attempted to file suit. They have not been successful. 
So Blood and Guts is different than War Games. For the simple fact, the cage has a top on it. And I know some of you are thinking, yeah, and rolling your eyes. That makes a difference. If the NXT cage has a top on it, this year you do not see Io Shirai disappear and magically pop up at top of the cage doing a flippy flop in the air for that match. You don't see that move. Luckily for Cody, when cages have tops on them, you don't get scared and nervous. Like, he has admitted that when he climbed to the top of the cage that was taller than most WWE cages, and he looked down before jumping on his match with Warlow, that he realized how high he was up, and he did get nervous and scared, and then he said, I gotta do this. And he has admitted he will probably never do it again. So by putting a top on the cage covering two rings, you know, that makes a difference. It also allows for new moves. I can definitely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, see Sammy Guevara running up or running across a caged wall and Spider-Manning on the top only to let himself go and drop and nail somebody. Or running across a wall and doing a flip off of it. I think you see a lot of athleticism. I think we... Having Chris Jericho in this match. And his ideas. Along with... If you listen to his podcast, MJF. He has said that MJF is always pitching storylines for himself and others. He's always coming up with different promos, coming up with different matches, how matches should go. For anybody and everybody, especially himself. If you do not believe that MJF is a complete wrestler, go back three years when he was in... MLW or on the indie circuit and watch him fly. Watch the moves that he did. Now veterans took him aside and said, you're really good. I like working with you. I like how you think. I like how you put together a match. But if you keep doing that high flying stuff, you're going to get hurt. And you're going to end up cutting your career short by doing that. 
if you do this, 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 you'll extend your career. After that, you don't see MJF flying around very often. He makes it count when he does. You don't see him doing crazy stuff or risky stuff. And you hear him now in his promos talking about the next 25 to 30 years in AEW. With those two minds coming together, I think we see new weapons that we have not seen in in war games. I think we see weapons used in different ways than what we've seen in war games. And I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a move pulled, like I said, about Sammy Guevara or something like that, pulled in some way that you've never seen in war games. Will we see blood? Yes. There's no doubt. These men don't care to shed blood. These teams are completely opposite. When you think of FTR, you think no flips, just fists. And you know they learned that lesson because they tried the 450 on the Bucks and lost because of it. On the other side, you have the Lucha Bros. Who don't care to get power or do some crazy stuff from the ropes or throwing each other into the other team. You have Warlow and Jake Hager. Warlow being more athletic, younger, hungrier. But you have Jake Hager, the boxer, the hitting machine. You have Sean Spears, the KG veteran, who introduced himself to AEW by nailing Cody with a chair over the head. If you don't think he's comfortable using weapons, you're nuts. And then you have the daredevil on the other side of Sammy Guevara, who is willing to give up his body anytime, any reason. He, a lot of people say, This person reminds me of a young Jeff Hardy. This person reminds me of a young Jeff Hardy. I think AEW has two. I think they have Darby Allen. But I think Sammy Guevara also has a lot of the same attitude that Jeff Hardy had. Of being a risk taker and doing things to make people gasp, remember, And to tell the story. And then like I said. You have 25 year old MJF. Going up against the 50 year old veteran. Of so many promotions. That has forgot more about wrestling than MJF knows right now. 
it is going to be a great match. They will put together an unbelievable match that will tell a story. It will not be ten men just beating each other. But, I think there's one person that I forgot to mention. See, the Pinnacle has a manager slash advisor. And while MJF thinks he is the leader of the group, I'm not too sure. Because remember, their manager slash advisor was a member of one of the greatest factions in the wrestling business. The Four Horsemen. Tolly Blanchard was very devious. And I think he plays a part in this match. Whether it be reaching the loaded slug through the cage to Sean Spears to put in his glove in order to knock someone silly. Whether it is handing brass knuckles to someone. I would not be surprised if AEW uses handcuffs in a different way than what we've seen being used by WWE. They've used them, I believe, twice now or three times. I think AEW uses them in a different way. Now, what that way will be, I don't know. But I think Tolly creates distractions, and I think he gives them advantages by slipping them stuff under the cage or through the cage. But I also think, and will not be suppressed, and here is my crazy prediction of the episode. If the rumors are true, AEW loves to surprise people when they least expect it. Do you remember how Sammy Guevara came back? It wasn't announced Sammy's coming back. It wasn't announced Sammy is, you know, reinstated. No. He was... Serpentico in the crowd that interfered in a match and only when he unmasked did everyone, including Chris Jericho, realize oh that's Sammy Guevara and it was during a regular show. Remember Matt Hardy Debuted. Regular show. Brody Lee. Regular show. They love to surprise people on regular shows that 
they give for free and start storylines that lead up to the next pay-per-view. Remember, you have Double or Nothing coming. I will not be surprised if on Wednesday night, Tolly Blanchard is pulling his old tricks. And we see a figure in black with a mask that has been socially distanced that maybe we've seen on and off in crowd shots with a hood up. Probably a black hood. That as Tolly is doing just another devious thing, we see this figure jump the barricade and start beating on Tolly Blanchard. No one can get out of the cage to help him. And this figure is beating him and taking it to him, throwing him into the steps, throwing him into the stage. And I think eventually they then show either the back of the hoodie or Tolly Blanchard somehow gets the mask off or the hood off. Where, when, if we see the back of the hoodie, there will be a diamond. And when we see Tolly or her pull her mask down, or her hood off. We realize that it's Tessa Blanchard who has now evened the score and taken Tolly out of the equation, creating a distraction that the inner circle takes advantage of to win. I am predicting the inner circle will win. I don't think this is the end of this. I think this is the start of the lead-up to Double or Nothing. And I think this could be the debut we see of Diamonds Are Forever, Tessa Blanchard, the third-generation female superstar that will change AEW's women's division forever. So, that's my predictions. What do you think? Let me know. On Twitter, my handle is ProOvertime. That's two O's, ProOvertime. Yes, the DMs are open. Instagram, Pro Wrestling Overtime. Yes, the messages are open. Um, Facebook, Wrestling Overtime is the page. 
the group is all pro wrestling all the time. Yes, if you go to the Wrestling Overtime page, you can click message and get me on Messenger. If you're not on social media or you just want to email me, I don't care. It's pro wrestling OT. That's pro wrestling OT at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing what are your predictions. I can't wait. I've read some on Reddit, and like I said, they're always extremely entertaining. But some of them make me think. I look forward to it. I'll talk to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back. We've got yours. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.